Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 21 of Connection Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hey there, welcome to Connection Not Perfection. I'm your host, Amy Kelly, also known as the Ish Girl. Now, if you're new around here, I am so glad that you stopped by today. Now, if you've been with me a while, I want to say a big thank you. I've only been doing this podcast thing for a few months, and it has been so much fun. One of my mantras is, don't despise small beginnings. So I have been embracing every small victory along the way. And I hit one of those big for me milestones this past weekend when I hit over a thousand downloads of Connection Not Perfection. It was super exciting to see a tangible measurement of how I might be entertaining and educating and encouraging you guys. So again, my heart is full of gratitude for each and every one of you who has taken the time to listen. So thank you for that. Now that I've said that, I am so very excited to talk about the guest I have with me today. Part of my journey into the podcasting world has meant journeying into the great unknown of social media. Now, it's been fun to connect with people around the world who have a passion for serving teens and the people who love them. Noelle Ward is one of those people. Actually, it would be much more accurate to say that she is a leader in that community. I've invited Noelle to have a discussion on what it means to begin with the end in mind when it comes to our teens. With my oldest quickly approaching the time to fly the nest, which just makes my heart drop every time I think about it, I'm looking at all the things he needs to know before we launch him into the world, and Noelle is an expert in knowing how to do that. What I love about the conversation I had with Noelle is that it went in a kind of a different direction than I had imagined. I was thinking more along the lines of learning how to do laundry and pay bills and manage study time well. And she does talk about those things, but in a much bigger context. I'm so impressed with the way that she's able to identify the areas where our teens might have a knowledge gap and then organize that information in a way that's easy for them to pick up and master quickly. So here's a little bit about her before we get started. Noelle is an award-winning business owner, occupational therapist, and teen life skills coach, and has been teaching life skills for the past 20 years to diverse individuals of all ages and abilities. She is the founder of Life Skills for College, a company dedicated to teaching high school teens how to adult so they can crush their college experience. She is also the founder of the award-winning Life Labs, which offers local workshops to teach kids and teens skills for success that aren't taught in school. She believes that every child and teen deserves to be set up for success and that teaching these skills helps us all when they enter the workforce ready to kick butt. After completing her online courses, teens are ready to manage money, make money, master daily living, make good choices, and make the grade. She's also the director of rehabilitation for one of the largest home health care organizations in the U.S., where she's responsible for the clinical programs and quality of physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy services. She's been a field instructor for several OT schools and healthcare management and business programs, as well as an ongoing community partner and guest speaker for the University of Alabama at Birmingham Occupational Therapy School. She has been responsible for hundreds of employees and is an active mentor in her field. 
She's married with two kids and loves hip-hop dance, scrapbooking, and shopping at garage sales. Now, wow, Like as you can see from this little bio, she is one amazing lady. And I just have to tell you, I have enjoyed my discussion with her so much. She is just so full of energy and enthusiasm for what she does. So I've provided links to Noelle's courses in the freebie that we talk about during our discussion. So you can check all that out in my show notes after you've listened. So I am going to quit talking about Noelle and let you listen to the woman herself. Here is our conversation. Noelle, you are very clearly passionate about equipping teens for adulthood. So tell us how you got started on your journey to life skills for college, because I know you have, you're a busy lady, right? Like I I read all, all that you do, I watch online. And so tell me about how you have created this new thing in your life where you are supporting teens and their parents? Yeah, so I, it started because when I was um, in my previous job, I was responsible for about 150 employees, volunteers, and students. And we had a lot of new college graduates as well as high school interns, college interns, and high school volunteers. And what I was finding was I was doing a lot of coaching of those teens in that environment because they kept asking. They just didn't know how to navigate the, the environment. They didn't know how to navigate their relationships outside side of that environment. So I started I started doing a lot of money management teaching and communication skills teaching and all these kinds of things. And I just kept saying, wow, this is, they really aren't getting these skills that they need to be effective at what they are trying to do and to be successful. And so that is where it all started. I thought, okay, we're going we're gonna to start nipping this in the bud and we're going to start teaching them some of these skills. Because once they knew what to do, they thrived in the in the environment, whichever environment they were in or whatever department they were in, they really knew what to do, but they just needed someone to guide them through and show them the way. And I think that was what was lacking. Okay. So kind of expound on that because I'm curious, you have this group of kids and you're watching them work and do the things that you're needing them to do as you manage them. What was kind of the big clue that, okay, wait a second, they don't know what's needed here. They haven't been trained in this. This isn't something that's coming naturally to them. Them and I need to step in. What was kind of that trigger? Well, here's a couple of things. One, which is communication style. When they would meet a customer, when they would meet um, a peer, there was, you know, if they had a conflict with a coworker, they didn't really know how to navigate that effectively. Um, they didn't know how to express their needs assertively. It was either either passive or more aggressive type of language. Um, so that the communication skills was, I, I would say that was the most critical component that I saw. But even things like taking initiative and knowing how to be uh, be courteous and anticipate a customer's needs and things like that. They, they just didn't get it. And they, just because they had lack of exposure, and even those that had worked before, you could tell they hadn't been trained into how to do those things. So I love that, the taking the initiative. Like that mm-hmm. is something, because I think I've shared with you that I have a 15-year-old and, well, actually a almost 15-year-old, almost 17-year-old. And that's one of the things that my husband and I really talk to them about. We're both entrepreneurs. We you know have people that we work with. And taking the initiative is such a huge thing. But it, what it really sounds like that you are focusing and honing in on is communication skills and social skills and how to handle conflict. And I love that because my experience with teens has been 
that conflict is bad, that saying no or being assertive is not something that's in their repertoire. It's either I'm being nice or I'm being mean. And there's yes. no, they don't know how to, like you said, navigate. So I love that. I love that mm. you saw that need and are filling it. So I think what, looking through a lot of your stuff, it's not just communication skills, right? right. It looks like That's it's right. life skills. So as we prepped for the interview, I was thinking a lot about my 17-year-old who's going to be hopefully going off to college in a couple of years. And I'm really starting to pay more attention to those practical everyday skills that he might need to know. And it's a little overwhelming when I kind of look at that list. <laughs> yes, Does it is. know how to do this? Does he know how to, you know, all the things? So what are some of the things that you focus on? On within your programs and your videos and your classes and, and those kinds sure. of things. Yeah. Yes, you're right. There are, about, I, I have a list of like 27 you know, top skills they need before they go off to college, but really I started off with about 127 and it was oh, just wow. so overwhelming that I thought, okay, I need to narrow this down. So there's a couple of things, um, especially before they go off to college. And, you know, my, my, here, my videos cover, for example, um, money management and money management, not just from you know a budget or how to look at your online statement or things like that, but it's even things like how to buy, rent, and sell textbooks. Because when you talk to high school seniors, that's one of the first things they always ask me. I don't know how to figure this whole textbook thing out. And so, you know, we talk about those types of things. We also mention, you know, how to, how to manage your money so that you don't run out of your dining dollars in the first month. Because the parents, I often hear, especially for the boys, that they'll give them three months of dining dollars and it's gone in one month. Yeah. And so, yeah, it happens all the time. And they're like, well, the college said they a lot this much. And wow, that was gone in a month. And so, you know, really starting to be able to think through that, how to tip a waiter, because they do start going out to eat and going to bars and knowing how to tip the bartender and how to tip the waiter. You know, a lot of teams don't know how to do that. So that's the kind of things, the real practical things they're going to do every day when they're at college. And then we also get into a few more advanced things like, okay, here's, now let's also just kind of look a little bit further beyond that, like how to start saving and investing money and just the very basics of that, just to give them an idea. So, okay, let's talk about how to minimize your student debt by the time you get out of college, your student loans, and go ahead and start even planning for, because the age is the best thing that they have going for them related to investment. Right, so, compounding interest, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So we start talking about that early, and you know, even if they can't do that yet, the earlier they get that concept, the better. For example, in the workplace, I'll, I'll, I can't tell you how often I would coach our new college graduates about investing in the 401k. I was like, this is free money. Our company would match. I was like, you're getting free money every year, but I'd have to sit down and spell it out and then show them the compounding interest and give them an actual visual of if you just do this much now and don't even do anything after that, you can be a millionaire in your 60s, but you've got to start now. And you do have, and if you don't think you have enough room in your budget, let's talk about that. Let's look at your budget. And I would do, you know, in services on thrifty shopping at the grocery store and garage sales and other types of things. Wow. I love that. I love yeah. that. That's so fun. And what a blessing to those employees that you took the time to sit down and do that with them. Is that, was that above and beyond what your role oh, yeah. was? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Figured that. It was. Yeah. It was. But it was just, you know, these, these were my family members. You know, my, the people that worked with us, you know, my, and worked for me, you know, those were, those were my family. Right. And so I wanted them to, you know, you could tell that some of them just had never been exposed to it before and knowledge is power. And so that's all it took was a little bit of knowledge and a little coaxing um, to get where they needed to be. And so that was really fun. 
Right, right. Well, and I think as a parent too, sometimes we think our kids are picking things up as they as we go along, but you really do have to be a little bit deliberate about it, right? Like very deliberate. Yeah, right. And I think that's the problem. I think that a lot of times we think because they're like young adults, you know, they look like adults, they talk like adults, but their executive functioning, which I'm I'm an occupational therapist. So executive functioning is more of those judgments, insights. Um, even money management is considered an executive function. Those things don't fully develop until we're in our early twenties. Right. And so you can develop them earlier, but it has to be deliberate and intentional. It doesn't come naturally without some training. Right. And I think sometimes we forget that, or we think, Oh, well, we talked to them about sex. You know, they, they know it. And it's like, well, they, we talked to them once or twice about it. It didn't quite click. They didn't get right. all the nuances and they didn't, you know, there's so much more to setting boundaries even that, you know, we think we've covered, but we really haven't. Right. I, I really like that. And I, I feel like with my kids, and I'm sure my our listeners do too, is that it's not the one conversation. It's not the second conversation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like a two liter bottle and you're dripping little bitty drops <laughs> yeah. in over time. It has to be consistent. It has to be deliberate. It has to be intentional. And and that can be hard sometimes, I think, in our busy lives. So Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. having it, it sounds like your tools really help parents. Well, that's the intention. Deliberate. Yeah. Yeah. And because sometimes the parents will tell them things, but it goes one ear and out the other. And then all of a sudden they hear from somebody else and they're like, mom, did you know this, this X, Y, and Z? And you're like, yeah, I've been telling you that for four years right. now. <laughs> but it wasn't until they heard it from someone else from a different context that it really clicked. And it often clicks because they have heard it before from their parents, but they just heard it in a different way. And then all of a sudden they get it. Right. And, it, and if you put it in a way that's really relevant to where they are right now in their life and their developmental stage and kind of what's important to them right now, that is when it really starts to sink in and they start to own some of those lessons. Right. I love that. So what would be the best way for a parent to make this experience of being deliberate and talking to their kids about life skills, one of connection where it's maybe fun and more humorous rather than something that's frustrating and like, okay, I'm trying to teach you this and you've got to have this, you know, that kind of sense of stress. Yeah. And plus they shut down when you start talking to them like that anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, there's two things. Well, for one, the, the two courses, the two e-courses I offer, one is called the communication smackdown and one is called dollars and cents. And the intention of that is that the team can go through it on their own. They, they, it's an e-course. They go at their own pace, but I encourage every parent to also take it. Cause of course, when the, it, it, you, when you purchase it, it's for the whole family. So anyone has access within the family. So I encourage that you both talk through it or both Honestly, if you can talk through it, that's great. But then again, you get to the whole kind of, this is a little more formal, but if they kind of go through it on their own and you go through it on their own, then when things come up, you can relate to those same topics and say, oh, this is kind of what Noelle was talking about in this video. Um, And then you can do that whether you've taken my courses or not. Anytime you're watching TV or you're doing something for yourself, then that's when you're going to start saying, hey, have I showed you this? You know, do you know the difference between the gas grill and electric grill? Because we cook with gas here, but you may be having an electric stove where you're going to be. You know, so anytime you're doing it in real life, just kind of pointing out some little things. And if you kind of make it like, hey, have I mentioned this? You know, or tell me what you know about X, Y, and Z. You know, tell me what your understanding is of this. And if you say it like, tell me what your understanding is of, you know, said subject. And you say, because I want to make sure that I've done a good job preparing you for that. And I just don't know that I, put it back on the parent, that I, the parent, have really given you the tools you need 
for that yet, or I don't know that I've explained that very well. So that's a good way where you're trying to say, look, I'm checking my parenting skills, but I kind of need you to give me some feedback. That is very non-threatening, um, and they seem to respond. At least the teens that I work with and the parents I work with, they say that that one is one of the best strategies they've liked. I love that. So you're putting it back on your parenting skills versus, you know, do you know this or, or that yes. kind of thing. That's a great Yeah, because otherwise they kind of feel like, well, are you, you're like you're testing me. Yeah. yeah, nobody wants to be tested, especially with <laughs> right. you know, teens who don't want to be tested by their parents. But if the parents are just saying, look, hey, help me understand. I just need to know where you are on this so I know if I've done a good enough job. Right, right. It's very non-threatening. I love that. Okay, so what would be like for parents, like if, if the parents that you talk to, what is that one thing that they're like, oh my goodness, my kid needs to know how to do this. Is there one thing? I know you talked about the dining books a few mm-hmm. minutes ago. That's how a big one. Like, yeah, how... <laughs> Which I, having a 17-year-old boy, like, they eat, like, nobody's business. Like, I right? get that. <laughs> I get that. So what is that? what are a couple of those top hot topics that they want you to? So the parents, I find there's, there's two common themes with parents, and it's different for the teens. Like, if you right. ask the teens when you go back, they, their concerns are very different. The parents, there's always two things, money and laundry. They always, it's so funny, they're like, oh, I, I didn't think to teach them laundry, or I didn't think to tell them how to use a laundry mat. Like, they call me, like, well, where do I put the money, and what kind of detergent, and where does it go in this machine? You know, those types of things. Right, right. It's funny that laundry is a common theme, um, but money is the other one. Like, I, I was talking to a dad not long ago where he said, he said, I didn't think to tell her that when she uses an ATM from something other than her bank, they were bank fees. And so there were ATMs all over campus. And so she would take out like $5 and go pay for lunch. Well, there was a 4 or $5 fee oh. every time she took it out. So every lunch was double the cost. So he said that after the first month of that, that that really uh, caught him off guard and was something he didn't think to tell her about. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. And those types of things come up a lot. It's like, well, I didn't realize they were going to use my credit card to buy a wardrobe that is nicer than I've bought, you know, in the past three years, you know, (laughs) they had parties coming up and so they assumed they needed that. Or a big one is just going to the university store. That's where they go and they buy, you know, buying books at the university store. And then all of a sudden they've got keychains and paraphernalia and sweatshirts and all these things that really add up quickly. And the team doesn't really even have any idea the implications of that. Right. So it sounds like even boundaries within the money that you give your kids as as they're at school and how to manage that and what the bigger implications are of. Absolutely. And honestly, the more they can do that in high school, the better. Like if you give them a certain amount of money and say, this is your spending money and not just for um, spending money, but give them some things like you're going to be in charge of these expenses. I mean, it could just be something like paying their auto insurance. And the hard part is, is now so many things are auto deducted that it's hard to give the teens that opportunity. So, you know, anytime you can find an expense where they can be responsible for it. And obviously gas is a good example. Instead of giving them a credit card for gas, give them cash for gas and have them actually go through that and, and start to understand how much the gas costs because when you start to see it go from your wallet of cash that's a much different feeling than the credit card and as adults we get the credit card part and we see our credit card bills but the teens they can't conceptualize it the same way until they've done it well to be honest it's easier for me to conceptualize it when we use cash versus well, me too. <laughs> like, i think that's across the board not just with teens for from my experience because it's kind of like monopoly money when it's coming out of your card and you're not really looking at it. But when you're having to 
pull it out of your wallet, count out the change. Like that is real. <laughs> like, yes. I find I'm, I'm much tighter with my money when I do that. For sure. Yeah. Well, and it's hard, like you mentioned, being busy parents, you know, there's a great, um, there's something called the green light card. And basically you can give it to your teen and put money on it like a credit card. And it's, it's a good thing to use in high school. It's kind of a, a way to teach them how to use credit responsibly. And it'll say like, here's the places you can use this card. Like you can use it on gas and these places to eat. You cannot use it these places. And anytime they spend, it sends the parent an alert. And oh. that's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's a great kind of starting point to teach them how to use credit. But before we use that tool, I always encourage the cash. Absolutely. Because again, otherwise it's still not as effective. Right. Well, and I'm thinking of all the little things that I take for granted, even like using your debit card and putting in your pin. Like, I don't know that my kids would be able to, you know, I think they would be a little bit nervous about that at this point yes. because they don't know. Yeah. So that, that's good. Well, and here's remember. another one that we don't think to tell them is, you know, we know not to use our debit card when we shop online, but do they know that? Do they know that when they go and open a bar tab at college that they need to give a credit card and not a debit card? You know, those are things that we don't think to tell them, but those are the things that bite them. Right. Right. Good. Okay. So you, you said that the, the teens top two or three are very different than the parents. So what, yes. what are theirs? So I have a video series, which is advice from college students. I have about 65 uh, students who shared videos and in the videos, they all give, there's actually three videos per person. So there's a lot of information in there. And I share those on Instagram and a common theme that comes up over and over two things, time management, that's the biggest one. They all said that that was quite a shock when they went off to college was how to manage their schedules, how to make sure they stayed on top of their schoolwork, which was very different than high school. And then the other component is they always said they wish they'd gotten involved on campus sooner. Yes. And, and part of that is they just don't know how to unless you tell them how to. Um, and they'll always say, well, I didn't really get involved until my junior or senior year. And, and part of it, the freshman year is you're just figuring out how to do laundry and where to go eat and how to do all these basic things. Plus you're trying to figure out school. You don't, if you don't, haven't done some pre-planning, it's too much to also try to figure out how to plug into campus. But right. It makes such a big difference. So you've got to do a little pre-planning on that side. And if you've done more of those life skill training through high school, then that all becomes so much easier. And when you get to college, it is easy to plug into the campus activities right off the bat. Right, right. And plus you're making your friend group too, like yeah. you're meeting all new people. It's yeah, I get that. Okay. So what are the top kind of few things? And you may have already answered this with these that you kind of listed that the parents are concerned with and the teens are, but, but if, if there's a parent out there who's listening and going, oh my goodness, like I need to jump in and do this. What are some of the, the, like the top five that you would say to jump in on first? Okay. One of the top ones is assertive communication. Just like you were saying, they don't always know like conflict is bad as either good or bad because they are whatever happens, whoever they live with, they're going to have conflict with their roommate inevitably because they're not right. used to living with somebody else. So you really need to start talking about assertive communication and how to have conversations that can be uncomfortable what to do when your roommate you feel like you're being disrespected by your roommate so there's really two things that go on there is before you even start with a roommate you need to kind of set out some expectations of you know what you expect about cleanliness or staying up late or being on the phone after one of you's in bed or things like that so you have to kind of set some pre-expectations but then when you have those conversations you have to be able to say look this is, you know, hey, I've got, I've got something that's kind of bothering me that I talk about. I need to kind of share with you what I'm feeling, see what you're feeling, and see if we can come up with a win-win situation. Because if you don't have those conversations, they don't know how to do that. And so 
they just either ignore it or blow up on their roommate, and then that becomes problematic. Right. So I would say the roommate conflict, but, but the whole point of roommate conflict, the skill is really assertive communication. That's, that's a big one. The second one is establishing your boundaries. And that can be with a date. It can be with a roommate. It can be with a professor. Um, it can be, you know, with anybody as far as, or an employer, you know, you need to know where your boundaries are and you want to protect those to protect yourself. Um, so that's number two. I would say number three would be self-care. Um, making sure that we know we really do know how to take care of ourselves, that we are drinking enough water, that we are um, eating enough fiber, that we are going to sleep and, you know, and getting enough sleep as, as much as you can when, right. you're, you know, when you're in college. Um, but those things, if we don't do that, that starts to spiral out of control. That, that's how we start to get in trouble if we're not taking care of ourselves. Right. Um, number four is still going to be your money management. That is still a big one. Um, even if you're at least starting off with, the basics uh, related to credit card use or a cash budget. And then number five, um, oh, there's so many. I, I would say number five, again, and this is, those are going to be like your basic skills, like your laundry and getting some, like cooking a basic healthy meal in a microwave. Cause when you're in school and you're in the dorm, you know, it's, it's hard. It's easy to eat a lot of junk food, which again, doesn't help our self-care situation, but even like the little things like taking care of yourself related to laundry and eating and things like that. You want those well taken care of before you go to college because they already have enough change to deal with in trying to figure out their schedules and their coursework. They don't need to be dealing and worrying about, gosh, I don't even know how to wash my clothes. I don't even know how to cook something in the microwave for myself or go how to grocery shop for it and pay for it. That stuff should all be secondhand, second nature, so that they can really focus on adapting to the new environment, making new friends and figuring out this whole new workload and classwork. Right. Okay. I like that. I, I, I've never looked at it in that particular way of when you already know how to do those things, it takes it off your plate. So you can focus on what's really important is I would yes. categorize all those things as what's, what's really important for the college experience in that first year and getting plugged in and all that. So I love that. Absolutely. What are some of the results you've seen with the teens that you coached one-on-one -on -one or feedback that you've gotten from teens who've, who've used your videos and courses and, and all that kind of stuff? I'd love to know. Yeah, that's, that's the most fun part to me. Um, and I'll give you a couple examples of some of the one-on-ones and I'll tell you about the courses, but um, some of the one-on-one -on -one students I've been working with. So, for example, um, and, and I tend to work a lot with high-achieving teens. Mm -hmm. So they come to me, and they're they're pretty sharp, and they know what they're doing, and they've got some some great perspectives. You know, we talk about things like you know morning rituals. Most of them at least understand the value of a morning ritual. But it's interesting. Like I, I had someone the other day tell me he was like, "Whoa! Like I knew how to do this in the morning. I kind of needed to get up and have a little time to myself." But after we talked, he's like, "This is a whole different level of how to get my head around the day." And 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 in particular with another team that we talked about morning routines, um, he has ADHD and he's like, I can be so much more focused and get more done when I do this routine in the morning. And, and it, the routine was different for both, both of these two teams. That yeah, about. that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, no, it is not the same. Yeah. yeah. Mm -mm. Now there's some core principles to it, but they had very different morning routines depending on what they're, because you want to make sure that it's something they, they want to get up and do in the morning. So you have to incorporate things that they like to do as well as what it is that they, that really sets them up for success for the day. And so, you know, those, those are some of the things I had another team that I was working with. We did goal setting and she was like, Oh my goodness. Like, she's like, I thought that was impossible. Like I knew I had a goal, but I had no idea how to get there. And it was really stressing me out. And now that we've, 
figured out what the goal is, and then we broke down the steps to get there into baby steps and in, in kind of chronological order. So like, oh, I can, like, biting off this first bite, this first goal, boom, I can do this. I can do this in two days. And then the next step, oh, I can do that by the end of the week. And then I can do that. You know, so it really became tangible and actionable. Um, and so, and I would say that goal setting is one of my superpowers. Um, that's that a therapist. Like yes. Yeah, that's, I love goal setting. Yes. Um, which I think that's an, a skill that a lot of adults, like, you oh, know, yes. 40 year olds need. <laughs> yes. And I do that with my, um, employees, actually, I have done courses, I have done like lunch and learns on goal right. setting. Um, another thing that a team I was working with, we were talking about time management and we used something I call, it's not something I created. It was Stephen Covey of uh -huh. the seven habits of highly effective people. He uses the time matrix grid, which I love. And so I, I just kind of had him read the page for a minute, um, on, just on their own, on the page. I said, now tell me what this means to you. And they're like, well, I kind of get it. You know, like I get the priority. I said, now let's plug your day into that. And I was like, well, oh, I don't know oh. do that. Yeah, like that's a whole different ballgame. So then we really started working on, okay, so here's what this looks like. And let's talk about what you have to get done, talk through and, and, and really critically think about what is, what is important, what is urgent, and how can we move things into the right quadrant so that you're not overwhelmed, that you can enjoy your day, that you can get a lot done, but you still have time for self-care and for leisure and for fun, because fun should be built into that matrix. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, leisure is important. So, you know, those, those types of things are the types of things that the, the teams I coach really come away. They're like, whoa, like I, I, it just kind of opens their, their mind. And then, that, and then they function beautifully. And like you said, oftentimes better than the adults do. Right. Because they have a framework to work within. Right. Um, as for the, the courses, um, I would say that the, the teams really on, on the dollars and cents course, they always like the first thing I start with. And I, I start with this because I had gotten this feedback when I was doing testing. The first thing I start with is how to be a millionaire. Oh. And it talks about the compounding interest because that's what they care about. Right. So I, they always love that part. They're like, what? I, there's a path and I can become a millionaire and here's what I need to do. And oh, that means I need to get a job now and I need to, you know, start saving this and I need to spend differently here and I need to think differently about, you know, maybe what car I'm going to get or where I'm going to go to school and things like that. Um, they like that part. And then I'm the sure. rest of it's what they really need. You know, that's what they want. Right. So I start yeah. there and that's then I do all the stuff that, that the parents and I know they really need. And, but once you can refer back to, here's how this is going to help you be a millionaire. Then they care about each of those following things. Because right. otherwise they're like, why do I need to know how to look at an online statement? That's lame. Right. You, know? you give them the big goal. Like, like you right. said, obviously you are a goal setting superpower. <laughs> <laughs> Your superpower. I love that. Okay. All right. So what are some of the emerging trends you see that parents need to know about? Because I love that you've mm. talked about boundaries and, and things mm -hmm. like that. And especially in today's world where you're, you're seeing the Me Too movement and yes. all that kind of thing. And boundaries, I, for me, are just so important to teach kids and to understand how to navigate and how to show people how to respect you because you have to, you have to be the one to teach people how to treat you. Right. So that's right. So, um, and not that that's in the, the emerging trend. I think I kind of yeah. jumped ahead there, but, um, what would you say those trends are? 
Well, I would say that is one of the key trends. I okay. think that that we do need to teach everyone how to set their boundaries and communicate those boundaries. You know, if it's not via text, like if you're actually with a date, you can't text them, oh, you've gone too far. You know, like you have to be able to say, you know, this is, whoa, we're getting into, okay, I think, I think we're good right where we are. Like, I think, right. I think it's time we need to back off a little bit. Right. Um, you need to be able to teach them how to do that. But really, we also need to be teaching, like we talk a lot about the Me Too movement and we talk about making sure the girls know how to set their boundaries and things like that. But we need to teach our boys. I have a young uh, boy as well. And he needs to know things like how to read those nonverbal cues and how to know, because some girls who are not as forthcoming with what they're really trying to say, we need to be very cognizant. We need to make sure we're getting consent before we go to that next step. And if they are intoxicated, that is, they can't give consent. And that's a really odd thing. It's like, well, when you're in college, a lot of people are drinking and hooking up and, you know, what does that look like? But if they are really intoxicated, you need to really step back and reassess the situation. And there are some states where if you are making out with somebody, not even having sex, but if you are getting physical in other ways with someone who is really intoxicated, you could be charged with sexual assault because there's not a way to show that they could get consent. Wow. Yeah. Like wow. that's a big deal. And if we are not telling our boys and girls, and not that this is a girl boy thing and go both ways. Right. Um, right. You know, and again, you know, there are also, you know, other kinds of couples that are, they're paired together. So I don't like using the girl boy component, but you, you get what I mean as far as having a boundary and making sure you're getting consent before you move to that next step. Right, right. And I, I like that because with all that's come up with the Me Too stuff and having a son, like it, it mm -hmm. I worry for him, you know, yes. because that can blow back either way if he's not prepared, like with knowing how to see what consent is and, and exactly what you've just described. And sometimes it can be really hard to put language to that because mm -hmm. it is very much the cues and the, and the being aware of the context of the situation and who yes. with and, and all of those things. So I, I love that. Yeah. And that's why one of my courses is on um, communication because we talk about nonverbal cues and how to read what they're real. Cause oftentimes you might say one thing, but you really mean something else and the body language will tell you if you know how to read the body language and, and often, times that that's how like I might even talk to a teen and say okay you say you're fine but here's what I see you know you are uncomfortable in the chair you're not making eye contact with me you are short in your answers you know these all things all tell me you're not fine can right we, can we talk a little, or with your roommate you know your roommate you know are you mad at me no I'm not well you say you're not mad at me, but your tone says you are mad at me. You know, can we talk about that? Right. So knowing how to address those discrepancies is critical. Right. Well, and really it sounds like what you're teaching them to do is have awareness in the moment as well. Yes. Because I can remember as a college student, a lot of times it was when you're in those moments of conflict, it's hard. It's that brain thing that you're talking about where you're kind of yes. using your lizard brain rather yes. than your developed brain. <laughs> you know, prefrontal cortex. And so it's hard to kind of take a breath in the moment and look at how they're That's right. communicating with their bodies and, and listen to their tones and, and really have that presence of mind. So that's right. It's a that's, hard thing to do yes. even for adults. And especially again, their brains are their executive functioning is still developing. And so you really have to be able to start noticing those things in advance and noticing when your boundaries are getting crossed. Like you need, oftentimes we don't know until they're crossed that it's a problem. Right. So teaching teens how to start identifying those things before it happens as it's building up is really critical. And if you teach them the things to look for, 
they can do it. They're very capable of doing it, but they aren't going to figure that out necessarily on their own at right. that age. Right. I don't think that that's intuitive, maybe no. at any age. Because, yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Because I right. a lot of times when your boundaries are being crossed, it is a physical feeling like you get your stomach clenches or you start to sweat or, you know, whatever. It's a physical cue. And again, like taking into that breath and realizing what you're feeling and, and acknowledging it, but also giving it value too, because I think yeah. it's easy to kind of blow it off and say, well, I'm, you know, I'm feeling yes. this way, but there's not really anything there, you know, that kind of thing. So I, agree. I love that. So that's one of the trends. You asked about the trends. I was going to give yes. you one other trend. One okay. other trend that we're seeing is in, you know, most of our kids are now going off to college, but we're starting to see a lot of competition for colleges. And I don't mean between comp colleges. I mean that there are other opportunities out there now. And we're finding that there's a lot of um, two-year degrees that are making more than the four-year degrees. Wow. And there's a lot of associate degrees now, colleges or junior colleges that are offering four-year degrees now. There are online opportunities where students are starting their own business and learning more from starting their own business and learning online than they're learning in the classroom. Um, we're seeing a lot of e-courses. E-courses is the future. That is what's happening. Now, for example, in the state of Florida, you have to take an e-course before you graduate high school because they know that is the future. And okay. you've got to start to learn how to take an e-course and how to get information out of it and retain it. But when I talk to the teens, that they've taken an e-course and they've taken, let's say, their freshman year, they're in a large state university, like that's what I went to, mm -hmm. and I was in an auditorium with 100 people, right. you know, listening, and I'm completely tuned out, I'm not paying attention, but when I'm in front of my computer and I'm going at my own pace, I'm more engaged. I've done it at a time that's good for me. There's no other distractions. I can actually often learn better in that scenario. And for those of us who aren't used to e-learning or haven't done that in the past, like it takes us a long time to warm up to that idea. And I used to always kind of poo-poo the whole um, online colleges. Oh, that can't be. Right. There's a lot of value in those colleges. And I'm not, I still think you have to have other components like some of those colleges you might have a weekend where you go up and you go to classes um, but you are online during the week or you may go once a month and do some labs one-on-one -on -one lab works and things like that or you might have an online forum where you're having dialogue and conversation to, um, to propel those thoughts forward but I, I think that in the, the, the point is the emerging trend is the e-courses and we really need to start putting more stock in that because they are having tremendous results with e-courses and for our teens that's just normal to them they'll youtube anything to learn something they're used to learning in that format and so they are much faster to embrace it than the parents are i really like that you've shared that because and i'm going to back up a little bit to when you first started and talked about competition because i thought you mm -hmm. were going to go in a different direction mm -hmm. i know like my son who's about to be a junior like the whole competition within his you know, within his class to get into good colleges, to have the class rank, because I don't know how yeah. to say, yeah. That's and, a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, here in Texas, like that is yes. huge. Yes, us too. And all the parents, yeah. that's all the parents talk about, all the teens talk about. Yeah. So, and, and I see the stress that yes. kids are putting on themselves. And, and we've worked really hard with our kids to say, you know, we are going to, you know, we love you no matter what. And, and, you know, there's a plan that's in place already. We feel like that they just have to figure out what it is and follow it. And, and so we're really supportive. And I love this idea of the e-courses because it take, maybe takes some of that pressure off. I, mm -hmm. I'm thinking. And, yeah. and as we're kind of looking back at our own, cause I did 
my husband and I both did the big state school as well, which was a great experience and fun, mm-hmm. but that might not be the path that our kids are on because again, there are so many other options, mm-hmm. right? And and not just options, but ones that are powerful in that, that like, who would have thought that a two-year associate's degree or an online degree could, you know, catapult you into something where you're making more than somebody who's coming out of college, probably with a lot of debt. Yes. Might have. Yes. Well, and that's the point. Yeah. So the colleges, you come out of college with so much debt and then all of a sudden you can't get a job. Like you're getting a job that you didn't need a college degree at all. So people are really starting to reassess the value of college. And I mean, the thought leaders are saying the college is either going to be obsolete or not, you know, like in 10 years and 20 years. Now, I think that's a little dramatic. I think college will always be around, but you can tell the colleges are trying to vie for the students because the, they're, um, they are so expensive that it, that pendulum is starting to swing back. And when you have other options, like when we went to school, we didn't really have other options. Like you had to go to college and right. get that degree to do what you had to do. Now in the tech world, you often don't even have to have your college degree to get right. jobs. And once that trend picks up, if that picks up in other industries where you don't have to have a college degree to get a good job, then the college, the value of the college degree really starts to decrease. There will always be uh, jobs that require college degrees. But I think that it, there are starting to be more ways to make money and even more money than in, in other avenues without that college debt. Right. And not just that, I think having been an educator, like obviously that's something that's very important to me, but Mm -hmm. the fact that you can educate yourself in so many ways with online resources, online universities, like, like I think about, and and I'm sure you're this way too, with being someone who is doing online courses, like you probably really had to educate yourself on what tech to use and how to lay out the information and what's the best Mm -hmm. way to deliver it and, and all those things. So just the fact that you're doing what you're doing is testament to what we're talking about and what even what I'm me doing what right doing, what you're doing you know like figuring out how to do the podcast and you know all yeah. of the tech that goes into that so it's the fact that like what you're doing and what I'm doing you know technically our kids you know my exactly kids, you know I know kids you're a little bit younger but they yeah. can do the same thing so that is just very exciting I think well and just like you said you know we had to teach ourselves we didn't learn how to be in uh, market online I mean I didn't know anything about marketing right um, and you know I didn't know anything about podcast interviews and you know podcasting and, and YouTube videos and how to edit videos and all those things but it's all out there and it's easy right. to learn online if you just go out there and, and one of the skills that I'm really working my team on is being resourceful because I'm always shocked by like I have um, interns every year that work for me personally in this business and they're master's levels and I'm amazed at how many times I have to say well did you google it did you youtube it like wow figure it out like they really don't that's yeah some google they tend to do more often than not but even sometimes I'm like wow you really made that difficult like if you just gone here and here you could have figured that out in minutes and then move forward right so even knowing how to, we assume they know how to do that, but they don't really as much as they do. And because of that, I'm actually going to be starting a teen entrepreneurship membership site here soon to teach skills, those types um, to teach teens, the types of skills, because there's a lot of teens out there right now that are running businesses yes. successfully before yes. they even graduate high school. I know. And, and they're learning so much because they're teaching themselves and then they're doing it. And so they're moving forward faster. Also, honestly, much faster than some of their college peers who aren't in the middle of doing something, they're just passively taking it in. Right. So we're going to have a membership site for the teens that have interest in that. And then I'm going to show them how to be resourceful, how to go 
check these things out, how to learn this, you know, how to, you know, grow a podcast following or an Instagram following or those types of things. And I still think you can go to college and do that. I think that it's, sure. college is just more meaningful if you have a project you're working on and you can apply what you're learning at college to that business. It just means more. Right, right. And and you're learning it for an immediate purpose, like rather yes. than something in, in the future. And I think that really kind of brought us all the way back around to taking the initiative because I think that resourcefulness yes. is kind of hand in hand with taking the initiative and stepping out and really being assertive. I think these are all, all those words mm-hmm. have kind of been threaded throughout our conversation because those are really things that kids are going to need in the, in the world that they're stepping out and that they're already in. I, yes, in the modern world. It, right? Like yeah. I think for us, it was a different, you know, first, you know, you kind of have to go through these gateways, but they're in it. Like they're yeah. ready. Okay. So thank you so much for being here, Noelle. This has just been fantastic. And I'm super excited about all of the resources that you've put together and that is kind of your product and your your gift, I feel like you're really serving this group of kids and the age group that they're in. So how can we find you online? Yes. Well, thanks, Amy, Amy, for having me today. This has been wonderful. And I appreciate you um, giving me the opportunity to talk to you and your audience. Um, But if people want to find me, they can find me at Linktree, and that's linktr.ee backslash life skills for college. And that's the number four. And if I go to that link, there's a free gift there. It's the 27 tips, tricks, hacks, and life skills teens need to master before they go off to college. And then that's also a place where they can um, usually see my e-courses and the one-on-one coaching opportunities with me. And those things kind of open and close at different times during the years. So that's not always open. Um, So if you don't see that there immediately, but you can reach me through that. And then you can also, the best place to follow me and to find me and to email me and DM me is on Instagram. Instagram, right. Absolutely. Uh, Instagram at life skills for college. And again, that's the number four, not the word for Okay, perfect. Thank you so very much. I just really appreciate it. And this is so value packed. I feel like like just being deliberate about all this going through and talking about all these different skills. And, and honestly, I would say before we sat down and talked today, I was thinking more along the lines of the laundry and, you know, the self care mm-hmm. and all of those skills, but this is so much more than that. And I and I love that you're getting to the heart of the communication skills and and all of the bigger life skills that you can apply throughout your life as an adult, not just when you're in college to survive. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. All right. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank you again. I really right. appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you again, Noelle, for sharing your insight and wisdom with us. I am so motivated to start talking to my two teens about how to communicate in an assertive way and how to handle their money well and just all the things that we went over today. As I mentioned earlier, links to all of Noelle's courses and to her freebie, 27 tips, tricks, hacks, and life skills every teen must master before they leave for college are available in my show notes. And I have to tell you, I am loving that list. I downloaded it myself, and it is 
just spot on with all the things that we are going to want our kids to know before, um, again, we launch them out into the world. Now, just a reminder, there are still two more books in my Connection Not Perfection Summer Lit Club. So if you haven't signed up, you can also link to that in my show notes. I don't want you to miss out on any opportunity to enter to win the prizes that I'm going to be giving away in August. So you can sign up for access to my free resource library to enter that contest. You can also sign up for my weekly newsletter as well to enter. And just check out my show notes page for episode 17. That's the ish girl dot com forward slash EP 17 for all the ways that you can enter to win um, some of those prizes in August. So again, thank you so much to Noelle and all her wisdom and all the things that she talked about today and went over. I just really appreciate the insight that she has into what teens need to know before they can adult. So thanks for hanging with me today. And just remember from an ish girl who will be teaching her teen how to use an ATM and an iron very soon. It is all about connection, not perfection.